Hello friends, I hope you're doing well. I am Ryan Stevens and I am excited to bring you the Catalyzing Podcast. Treat yourself as if you were your athlete, how athletic trainers must develop self-care. Welcome to another episode of the Catalyzing Podcast for Athletic Trainers. I am your host, Ryan Stevens, and I'm excited to bring you another topic today that I think is really relevant and, and pertinent to what we got going on right now in the world. My good friend and uh, trusted professional colleague, Dr. Pete Economo, is going to be talking about some great things pertaining to athletic trainer self-care, mindfulness, and, and stress management. And, you know, we're, as professionals working in helping fields, that can have a significant amount of stress and emotional effects on the providers ourselves, inherently interfering with the efficiency, health, and well-being, and the overall functioning of, of us as providers. And it's really incumbent upon us to be selfish, to put ourselves first, uh, to really take care of ourselves and sustain a fulfilling, rewarding life while remaining passionate about our work. It's important for athletic trainers to also understand the benefits of practicing mindfulness. And this talk is going to address the issues related to the practice of athletic training and include an introduction to um, understanding compassion fatigue, the negative effects of burnout. We're going to talk about providing tools for healthy coping, and Dr. Pete is also going to include some practical examples and practices that athletic trainers can integrate into their busy schedules. Again, Dr. Pete is going to be sharing this message, and this audio comes to you from the 2019 RWJ Barnabas Health Summer Athletic Training Personal Development Symposium, where he provided a TED Talk style um, uh, workshop presentation on this topic. Dr. Pete Economo is trained in counseling psychology, and he's an associate professor at Rutgers University in the Graduate School of Applied and Professional Psychology. He also serves as the, as the associate chair of the applied department. Dr. Pete's the founder of a clinical practice specializing in cognitive and behavioral therapy. He's a licensed uh, cognitive, cognitive and behavioral therapist in New York and New Jersey to practice psychology, and he's also board certified in CBT. Dr. Pete has conducted research in several areas, including multicultural psychology, evidence-based treatments, mainly third-wave CBT, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender issues, and learning challenges related to executive functioning. He's an active member of state and national psychological associations. He's been on the editorial board of the Journal of Clinical Sports Psychology since 2014, and he's a contributor to media outlets and social media all over the place. Lastly, as a student of Zen Buddhism, Dr. Pete has been studying at the Morning Star Zendo with Robert Kennedy, Roshi for several years, which is translated into his mindfulness practices offered through his third wave CBT ther uh, theories. You can follow Dr. Pete and you connect with him on Twitter and Instagram at the official Dr. Pete. I hope you really enjoy this presentation. I know I did. Uh, let it let it uh, sink in what he's talking about. It's really important that we take this to heart and enjoy, Dr. Pete. I'm excited to be here, uh, especially I was um, I was talking to a colleague 
I guess this week or last week, and I said, uh, you know, I really think I'm, I'm taking this self-care thing a little too far. Uh, because as I look back, like this past like six or seven weeks, I've had a massage every every week and like taken a bunch of days off. And it's sort of the nice thing about being your own boss where you can do some of that stuff. And so I thought, wow. Um, but it really just shows, in my opinion, how important it is. Uh, and I'm hoping that in the next 18 minutes, maybe you'll just self-reflect on what it is that you do um, for yourself. And so I uh, I work primarily with high performers. And so depending on my office, it could just be like a CEO, um, but also could be a professional or just an elite athlete. And so I just returned, one of the universities I work with we, is in the Big East, and we just returned from a uh, wellness forum. Uh, we used to be called the Mental Health Forum for Student Athlete. And because as I talk to athletic directors, more and more athletic directors um, actually don't run away from me. Uh, historically, in the world of athletics, as the psychologists came, people would just turn away and be like, oh, shoot, you know, don't, don't see me down the hallway. And now what we're trying to do is just integrate that into the treatment. And I've had several athletic directors say to me, the one thing that has changed my job most significantly over the last several years is mental health. How am I feeling, you know, and as athletic trainers, and I don't know your experiences, and I would, I would have loved to have done in, you know, a, a longer than 18 minutes to talk about how mental health has impacted what you're doing, you know, your work. Because one of the things I do a lot with the athletic trainers I work with um, is like a mental health 101, you know, just like so sign symptoms uh, and plan. Because what I find in most of the universities I work with is that the athletic trainers, you all, are the people that the athletes are, are speaking to first. So I had one athletic trainer call me over winter break and she said, can you just do one virtual session with this athlete? Uh, because we're about to get on a plane and she's bugging out a little bit. Um, and we're gonna be away for a week on a training trip. Um, but just talk to her once and then I'm gonna be away with her and it's fine. And I said, don't you dare let her get on that plane. Right? That is not your job. If this person is responding that way, you are not their clinician. It is not your responsibility to manage this person for a week while they're on a training trip. And based on history, I could have guaranteed, I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I would have bet that she would have acted out, missed, you know, had some sort of dysregulated moment where this trainer would have then had to be there to rescue. I think it's, you know, in the helping field, we are all often really good at helping others, and we typically stink at helping ourselves. Right, like you, we all heard that physicians make really bad patients, et cetera, things of that nature. Um, so it's true. So what are we doing for ourselves? You know, so I'm going to sort of plug, you know, I, I do a, some of the social media stuff I do are just some gifts like this of just, you know, this is really relevant, you know, and, and looking across the room, we have some millennials and some elder millennials and, and, and somewhere along that spectrum. Um, but these are, you know, the, the, the phone has become the, it's man's best invention, potentially, right? And has also had pretty significant impact on us. And a lot of us would not let our, we, I mean, most people here today in their bag or somewhere probably have a battery backup or they made sure that their phone was charged. Uh, what, what are you doing for yourself? You know, how are you paying attention to how you're feeling uh, and what do you do when you feel like you need some time? Or I actually did over here and I wanted to, I heard somebody say I had a mental health day yesterday and they went to uh, Six Flags. So sorry, whoever that was, I, I totally overheard that. And I was so proud, I was like, yes, that's like so cool. 
because we all need to do that. And, and a lot of the people I work with, especially the high performers, uh, will say something like, well, I can't, you know, vacation has to be like a, a trip to Switzerland or something like this. It's like, no, it could be Wednesday off next week. It could be something so small. It doesn't have to be this grand thing because when it's a grand thing, we're probably less likely to do it. But if we can make just small steps, uh, we're, we're probably going to be more likely to do it. So whenever I say something like this, it's obviously biased. You know, so um, my, uh, I have a family member who is in the state police. And as he was getting into the field, I said, you know, um, you're going to see things that other people don't see, you know, you know, if you're first on scene somewhere. So it might be beneficial for you to think about building a relationship with someone you trust so that when you have that moment that feels like it's a little bit harder to manage, you might be able to go talk to them about it. Uh, and so, you know, in the world of sports, in the world of law enforcement, in the world of high performing, we don't want to ask for help. Right? I mean, how many of you know somebody who doesn't like to ask for help? You know, how many, how many of us have struggled with an athlete who doesn't want to do their physical therapy regimen, you know? Right? These are things because we're, we, we just think we can do it. We can suck it up. Uh, one of the people that came to speak to us last week, uh, last week at the Big East uh, Wellness Summit was uh, Tyler Holinsky's parents, who have founded this organization called Holinsky's Hope now. Tyler Holinsky was the quarterback 17 months ago for Washington State University. Um, the year before had led his team to win their first bowl game uh, in four overtimes. And 17 months ago, uh, just uh, stole a gun from a rifle range that him and his buddies went to and went into the closet and shot himself. 17 months ago. So, you know, we feel as if almost, I'm, I sat there listening to his parents thinking like, well, 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 I could have prevented that maybe, right? Or, you know, this sort of idea of like, as a helper, I can do it all. And the answer, and the, and the reality of it is we can't. You know, we need to have people around us that are going to be there to help us. And I want you to think about who's there to help you. I mean, it, you know, and, and more than just like bitching, you know, that's, that's helpful. Like, it's nice to have your friends that you go to and you sit there and be like, oh my God, this person was this and this doctor did this to me today and this athlete did this and this and oh, it's the same repeat offender who keeps coming in. Like, that's helpful to do that, and then what? Right. And then what? What's in place there to truly help you and make you feel like things are better? So really thinking, you know, as I, as I was standing in the back, I was looking around the room, I'm like, there's a lot of fit people in this room. You know, pretty impressive athletic trainers. They're practicing what they're preaching, I guess, right? It's typically what we see. Um, you know, and, you know, what are you also doing for your mental health? Thinking about that. Um, one of the things, well, the, I, I just skipped over that because you could read it, you know, but just that, that's the idea of like, just think about who's around you. You know, who are you spending your time with? Uh, I often will get somebody who will say something like, oh, well, we've just been friends since second grade. It's like, yeah, and they've just stabbed you in the back for the sixth time, you know, and are doing X, Y, and Z that you're sitting here saying, so is that enough? You know, just thinking about who's around, what it is that you, you know, you have the responsibility and you have the power, you know. We, one of the metaphors I often use is, it's not, it's not the crowded train that makes me nervous, it's me inside that train. It's nothing about our environment, it's about us in our environment. You know, how are you responding to your environment? 
we all really have some really you know, not great managers, or we have some really not great colleagues. I mean, you know, we have to own that. Like, not everyone is wonderful. Not everyone is going to jive with us. That's okay. How am I responding to that? How are you responding to that? You know, what is it that you're doing to, to, to manage that? So, you know, one of the things I look at as a cognitive behavioral therapist is our behaviors, you know, so things like coping skills. Um, so by a show of hands, how many people would be able to list at least one coping skill that they use for stress in their daily life? And by, and by the show of that hands, um, how many of those at times are less healthy coping skills? Right. So notice I call it less healthy because there's actually no such thing as like um, effective or ineffective per se. I actually believe that all coping is effective, you know, whether, even if it's unhealthy, right? So what are just call out some like less healthy ideas of what people might do to cope. Alcohol, <laughs> food, yeah, food, alcohol, even common ones, right? Like, so I, for me, it's Oreos. Like, you know what? <laughs> I just try not to buy them too much, right? I, but, but there's once in a while, I just want a couple Oreos, you know? And, and actually, like, you know, and there's benefits to red wine, and, and so that could be actually, like, nutritional, um, right? And that's okay. So that, and, you know, I, so I could both escape and, like, feel good and get some nutritional value. So, like, all that stuff could be good. I just want to pay attention to myself when I'm doing that. So when I go to the Oreos, I know I'm going to the Oreos. I'm not doing it in a blinded way. I'm like, hmm, not feeling so great. Feel like I want to just punch someone in the face. Maybe I'll get a little sleeve of Oreos today. <laughs> and then I'll like mindfully eat that. Right? And mindfulness is one of the things that I tend to specialize in. And it doesn't mean that I have to restrict. I mean, I, I, and actually, in a lot of the behavioral stuff I do, there's no restriction. Right? We should not restrict from anything. We should actually just moderate what, what it is that we're doing. And I just put this up there because uh, just thinking about these devices, I mean, I think, um, you know, again, they're man's best invention, and they have really had a pretty significant impact on us. So, you know, and it's emerging research because it's relatively new that they're that accessible. And so what we see in the sleep literature is that our brains stay activated for about 45 minutes after we shut the phones off. So brain wave imaging shows that parts of the brain that would be processing information like reading, visual cues, are actually still activated as their person is trying to sleep. So something as small as just um, get the phone out of your room. I, I, do, you know, I, I do a lot of sleep hygiene, which I think is my handout, because what I notice is um, I'd say I, of everybody I treat, no matter all spectrum from you know, young adults, student athletes, to you know, high achieving adults, almost everybody struggles with sleep today. Uh, and I don't know if that's, uh, today, that's my only perspective I have is today. So I don't know if this is something that's changed or if this is just something that's always been. But the idea is just get your sleep on check. It's one of our basic needs that we need. And it hasn't even been added there yet, but um, things like, so what I have added on my own is get the phone out of the bedroom. The phone should not be in the bedroom, and inevitably, somebody says, well, it's my alarm. I'm, you know, some of you, I, I guarantee you someone just said that to themselves, if not everybody sitting here, <laughs> to which I say, go buy an alarm. <laughs> because it's really one of the most helpful things is to get that out of the room because of the connection neurologically we have to it, that our brain doesn't enter some of the waves that it needs to until it's uh, truly disconnected from it. 
let alone all the other stuff that's on there where, you know, social comparison is just a thing. I can't say how many people will sit down and just be like, yeah, you know, like I'm, you know, thinking about this person's life and I'm just like, well, don't. Because the reality of it is if they were really posting, and I had a, a, a psychiatrist friend say this, but she said, what I really want to post is I, I'm locking myself in my room because I can't stand my kids right now. My husband's pissing me off and all I want to do is just leave this earth or leave my house right now. Right? But how many people do that little selfie inside the bathroom by themselves? <laughs> Nobody. And there's, there's emerging data that's telling us that what people are posting is not accurate. And so even for some of the mental health issues related to sports performance, you know, we're, um, even in this Tyler Holinsky was the idea that I guess a couple weeks before they had lost the game. So he had already, you know, isn't thinking about the year before when they won the bowl. Right, just thinking about the most immediate effect, and we focus on the negative. It's a cognitive distortion where we discount the positive. That's a very common experience. Let me see. I mean, what I have here. Okay, good. So, <laughs> this is the other. The other thing I liked, and I want you guys to think about, is just, um, you know, what? Why are you doing what you're doing? So we look at that in a frame of values. So things like. Parenting, family life, education, career, romance, right? How satisfied are you in areas of your life? Because you're not just athletic trainers, right? There, we, are, we, are, we are complex beings. I mean, that's part of the art of what I do. It's what I, it's what I really like doing is the art of trying to figure out the human experience because it's so complex. And each of you is complex sitting here. So figure out why you're even sitting here. It's Saturday morning, you know? I guess you get your CEUs, you know, there's certain benefits you get to, you know, you get to like uh, connect with colleagues. Those are all benefits. Just think about what it is your purpose is. And, and I always, um, I just moved to the country sort of. And so um, having moved from the city to the country, and I, one of the things I always reflected upon and people in the city was, I would just watch people just like running to the train and to the bus, you know? How many people have seen that where like someone's late and you got like this girl, you know, girl all done up, like looking really good, like running in heels. I'm like, wow, that's really impressive. <laughs> um, and she makes the trainer bus. Um, but for what? You know? Why? I mean, you gotta pay bills, yeah. And then what? You know, I I, I, I should my frontal lobe's kicking in. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it. Uh, sometimes I treat, I say that I treat like in one of my offices. Like healthy, rich people. I just said it. Okay, there it is. Um, that are just trying to like improve them. That felt uncomfortable for me. So thank you for, <laughs> thank you for letting me share that. Uh, and so one of the things I've, I've I've had people sit there and be like, oh yeah, like I broke up with this girl and I felt really bad for her, so I gave her three hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know. And I'm and I'm just like, yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> true story. You know, or you know. Just like, I don't really need any more money anymore, like I'm good, and I'm just like, yeah, but you're working 90 hours a week and you're miserable, so like, how much more do you want in that account? Like, what, what is all that gonna mean? Um, and, and as I'm sitting there, you know, so, so just thinking about why this person, and I, and I actually, and, and so I say what I said and I felt uncomfortable saying it about treating healthy rich people, but then I also get its value of helping them these individuals are suffering, you know, and helping them maybe reframe that. So actually I've helped people like 
maybe think about other careers or that they can retire because they have that money and then go do something they actually enjoy or create some philanthropic opportunities within their, their lifestyles. Right? Just, so for you all, just think about what it is that you might be able to do that you actually enjoy. You know? and, and most of us in the helping field like what we do. And, and as athletic trainers all the, uh, that I've met, I've met many, um, especially as a former student athlete and athlete, I'm always so thankful of them. And just thinking about you know, all that you all give. I mean, I just think about the lifestyle. You know, it's constantly on call and constantly traveling and you know, depending on the level that you're working with. And, and, and who's there to care for you? It's one of the things I've been reflecting on uh, because I'm in all these leadership roles. Like, I, I, it's also uncomfortable when Diana reads the bio. I hate that stuff. Um, and then you just, like, director and chair and this and that. And it's like, e you know, everything is in a leadership role. Um, but I'm very reflective on the fact that there's not always somebody there for me right now. And so I take the time to make sure I have that. So for me, something like meditation really works. Um, it doesn't work for, I, I do think it works for everybody, but, you know, it has to be at the right time. You know, it's not, it, there's not always the right time for people to be introduced to that. So last thing, just think about in, those, in that value talk, think about, you know, one of the other things that I'm really mindful of in this last minute, I'll, if there's a question, I'll give you opportunity, is just that I never get lost scrolling on my phone, but I always see people doing it. And each of you have done it at some point. And just pay attention to that. And so for me, what I do in that moment is, is I just shut it off and put it away when I notice that I'm about to go into that. Because what am I, I'm trying to escape something. And it's, it's, more, it's more beneficial when we can actually sit with that something. So it's that and I'm a little competitive and I like this new update where it tells you your screen usage and I keep every week I try and decrease my screen usage. So that's also this little internal thing going on. But uh, try that too. You can try and see about the competition. So think about where it is that you might want to put some extra focus on. Um, but thank you. Um, and 18, boom. I'm good like that. Thank you. So how are you taking care of yourself? Yes, definitely. This is important right now during, during the stressful times of the, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but this also carries through beyond this. When, when you return to work, if you're not working right now, um, how are you going to manage stress? You need to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. It all starts with that. And I think it's easy for us to forget that as healthcare practitioners because we're very empathetic, because we care, we serve others in what we do. And the reality is, is just like uh, Sandy Lynch talked about in her presentation as well uh, a few episodes back, we have to take care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, socially, as well as physically in order to be our best, to give our best in our profession. Take that message to heart, friends. I really hope you uh, were able to get a few key tips out of this. Dr. Pete is amazing, and I, I welcome you to invite you to reach out to him because he, he can be a fantastic resource for, for so many people. 
That being said, I hope this podcast also has been a fantastic resource for you. It is growing. We're excited about uh, what's going on right now. We're in the process of uh, finalizing and uh, going through the final steps of having a brand new logo, which I'm excited to, to bring to you in the near future. And you know, we're really hoping to, to continue to grow and share the, the tips, the insights, the knowledge, the stories through this podcast with athletic trainers all over the country. And, uh, and even beyond our borders at times as well, too. So please, what you can do with your part is, is share the message. If you find any value whatsoever in these messages, in these episodes, please share them with your community, with your friends, your colleagues uh, on social media. That is all just greatly appreciated and you're helping to, to better and further our, our profession. Again, you know, my personal why to challenge and grow myself so that I can best help support others challenge and grow themselves and achieve their potential. And this is just one thing I'm doing to, to help with that. I want to get you thinking about these things and uh, I hope that uh, it's really resonating with you. If you haven't already, please consider giving it a five-star review and, uh, and drop your ratings and your review on your preferred plat- podcast platform that's so crucial in helping other athletic trainers to find find this content, to find this podcast. Please, I, I appreciate you uh, doing that if you find it is worthy. Otherwise, continue to do the great things that you're doing. Hang in there. We're going to get through this together. We've got some exciting episodes coming up over the next month that's also going to continue to help you get through this, to, to think outside the box, and to find ways to, to really thrive as a profession. That being said, Stay healthy, stay well, continue to do the great things you're doing, and we look forward to talking with you soon. Take care.